sacred rhythms. Let's go. It's a church rule. You got to clap after a video. You just got to. It is. Hey, if you're like, where, how did Roger get so tall? I, I just want you to know uh, my name. My name is Trent, and uh, I'm here for today. And uh, I am so, you have no idea just how giddy and excited that I am to be here. Um, and just seeing so many familiar faces. And I love Nampa. I was born in Mercy Medical Center. Any Mercy Medical Center people here? Oh, okay, okay. A little, I see you. Let's just start a group. Let's just, let's go rehab together. I don't know. So it's, uh, it's really good. I need you to meet the better half for me of me for sure. And that is my wife, Maddie. She's right over here. And um, uh, our son, Mateo, is somewhere in the building uh, being walked around by, by grandpa because that boy needs to sleep. And because um, he's he gets angry when he doesn't sleep. So, um, hey, I, I want you to get your clappers ready because we're, we're about to honor Pastor Roger uh, Pastors Roger and Kim, and and you need to know that I I love your pastors, and I love this church. And if you are here and you're you're attending services, maybe your church isn't having services right now, and you're just here um, attending. I'm going to ask you to to actually contribute at least while you're here, because there's a lot of people working hard to pull off some services. So I'm gonna ask you, hey, if you're here while your church isn't having services, that's totally cool, but make sure to join a team or give. Don't just, don't just mooch. No one likes moochy Christians, you know what I mean? That guy was like, oh, I forgot my wallet. Don't be that guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not who we are as Jesus followers, but um, I wanna take a moment and just honor Pastors Roger and Kim for their heart. Um, I ran into them and met up with them in Portland. They were over there for uh, a thing, and um, my dad was texting me, "Hey, you gotta meet Pastors Roger and Kim." So we hung out, and I, first of all, I love the beard, and it's just you gotta love a good beard, and um, but they got genuine hearts. They're real people, and churches need real people at the helm. You know what I'm saying? And so what I want you to do, they're going to listen to one of these services. First service did pretty good, y'all. And so I don't know what they'll listen, what service they'll listen to, but I want them to know, because lead pastors, sometimes you don't know if the people are happy with you or if they like you. That's just a fact of reality. I don't want them to have a doubt in their mind that you're thankful for them. So I want you to put your hands together for pastors Roger and Kim. And uh, I'm super thankful. I'm not taking a picture, I swear. Let's go. Okay, second service. They pay you to do that? I don't know. I'm just teasing. I'm, you're a good person. Please don't be offended. Hey, uh, two, two things that you need to know. One is I am not a public speaker. I'm not a public communicator. Um, I'm a pastor. And so I'm just, I'm just going to put on my pastor hat this morning, and I'm, I'm your crazy brother you never knew, and I'm coming in. I've, I feel like God told me some things about this house, and uh, I just want to share them with you. And um, so if I say something that offends you, it's all good. You can go to another church, and Roger will be here next week, and life goes on. So, uh, but don't, don't throw me out with the whole church. You know what I'm saying? Just throw me out. It's all good. Um, the second thing is, is that... Uh, I, I've never preached this, I lied. This is my second time preaching this. The first time I preached it was last service. Um, 
so this is my second time speaking it, and, and they tell you, they tell you when you're traveling and going somewhere that you don't regularly speak, don't share a word for the first time. That's just like a common rule because um, you just people will look at you like you're an idiot. You know, do you know where you are? So um, I just, I, but I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me something to say. So I'm preaching a message that I've only preached just like 30, 40 minutes ago. And uh, I think first service liked it. We'll see how second service goes. Um, but I'm, I'm full of faith and, and I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be preaching on the topic, who, what, how, where, why? Who, what, how, where, why? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you're in this space. You're in this moment. God, you're with us here. And God, I just give the next few minutes to you. If there's anybody here who, who just needs a lift, a lift in their heart, a lift in their spirit, a lift in their life, I pray that they would find it in you. And if there's anyone here that's new, that doesn't know you, I pray that they would sense your heart for them. And... Um, it sends your goodness, your grace, your favor is already resting on this house. So it means it rests on the, the people of this house. It's not on the building. It's on the people. There's a favor on the people. And I pray that today, Lord, that we would be able to tap into that. And God, I just invite, I, I just sense there's a new level for this church. There's another level. And I just, God, I invite everybody who hears this message to that new level in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Come on, say it again. Amen. 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 Thank you, Troy. I love Troy. And uh, he's married, okay? Um, yeah, Megan's awesome. Is Megan here? Oh, hi, Megan. Um, I, 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 I just want to take a moment and just say that God has something for this church, and I am super excited. I, I, just, I just want to jump right into this. The first thing is who? Who? Mary. I love this. I love this story. It's not just a Christmas story. Uh, it's a life story. I love that God chose Mary. Mary was from Nazareth. Now, why, why does this surprise us? Because there was not a teenage virgin girl who would have expected to carry the Messiah in Nazareth. Why? Because they would have been told the prophet Micah said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And Jesus was in fact born in Bethlehem. But she, Nazareth didn't have a education system. Nazareth didn't have um, a, 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 a lot of money. It was a fisher's town. It was a hybrid city. It was, it was half, half Jew and, and they would have been reading the Pentateuch and, and, and they would have been studying the prophets, but their others were, were Gentiles and they weren't, uh, they wouldn't know who Abraham was or who Moses was or who Isaiah was. And so you have this blend, you have this mix. It was, it was a little redneck town. It was just not a lot there. And, and, and it, I, I, I love this because Mary was uneducated, unexpected, and the underdog. That's who Mary was. And, and, and we serve a God who still chooses the unexpected, the underdog, and the uneducated. Like, I just, I just need, I like you. You keep it coming. Um, like, I, I just, I, I, I can relate to Mary because there's days where I feel under-resourced or I don't have what it takes. Just to let you in on my world, it took me three years to pass pre-algebra, okay? Pre-algebra, 
Okay, any, any non-math people in the room, right? Do you feel my pain? The, those of you that are good at math, no one likes you, just so you know. Like, it just is what it is. And, and, and so I, my senior year, last day of my senior year, I walk into my pre-algebra class as an 18-year-old grown man. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I got one assignment left and a $30 Starbucks card and a little bit of faith. And I walked out of there with a D minus and I made it. Don't say amen to that. That's sick. That's not good. That's not gold right there. Don't agree. Uh, I, I, reading, I was so bad at reading. Like, like your, your freshman year, if you don't test well, they put you in a reading class, not an English class. And then you're supposed to take social studies and then move on to economics or government or all that kind of stuff. Not, not, not me. I, I was in the reading class freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Why? Because they would put a book in my hand like Lord of the Flies, and they would be like, what'd that paragraph say? And I'd be like, I don't know, because it's a dumb book. You know, like, that was me. Like, they would, like, force to kill a mockingbird. Like, you have to read this book. And I'd be like, I can't retain the information. My wife doesn't like it, doesn't like that about me to this day. Like, I can't retain the information, you know. And, like, like all these books. I haven't read a storybook to this day because I'm just scarred on the inside from having been forced. I know what it's like to be unqualified. I know what it's like to feel uneducated, but we serve a God who chooses those people. And that may not be good enough for you, but that I need to remind myself that every day. Can I get an amen? amen. People in the darkness in the back, you can say amen. I like you too. That's actually where I would probably sit, by the way. So I get you. I understand. I get it. Um, I, I just, it just, I, 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 str- I would struggle, and, but God still chooses the underdog, the unexpected, and the undeserving. This is what I've learned. I haven't been on on the planet that long. I've been here for 32, 31, 32. Thank you. 32 years and uh, ministry years. So in dog years, I'm like 70. So so, so I've been here on just a short blip of time. And and this is what I've learned about God. God is not looking for your abilities He's looking for your availability. He's looking for a yes. Listen, Mary came from a town that didn't have a lot going for it. Mary didn't come from Bethlehem. Yeah, I could see something cool coming out of Bethlehem. Jerusalem, totally. Like Solomon's temple, like all this cool stuff. Yes, I could see something coming from Jerusalem. But Nazareth? No, no, not not come to Nazareth. We serve a God that can use people like that. Oh, she didn't have a lot, but she had a yes. And God can do a lot with a yes. Even a yes from a broken person. Even a yes from a divorced person. Even a yes from a religious person. Even a yes uh, from a legalistic person. Even a yes from a condemned person. Even a yes from a sinful person. Even a yes from somebody, an old person. Even a yes from a young person person. Come on, somebody. God is looking for a yes. God looks, God specializes in the thing that society and the church would point at and say, you're done. God says, no, that's exactly what I needed you to go through so I can use you. Can I get an amen? She didn't have a lot, but she had a yes. Luke says this. 
And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She had a yes. Look at your neighbor and say yes. yes. Okay, say it like they're going to give you 100 bucks. Say yes. yes. Thank you. Number two, what? Favor. Favor. What is favor? Favor is the merciful kindness of God, grace, goodwill, loving kindness, the gift of grace. I love this. I love, I love that the angel tells Mary, you have found favor. And the Bible says she was troubled. You found favor, Mary, and she's troubled. I love this. Listen, God is in a good mood. One amen from a young person. My guy, you can stay, okay? Sorry, you're not a young, you are a young person. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, just kick me out of the door. You are young. You're great. You're amazing. Trent's an idiot. Listen, God's in a good mood. And you're troubled by favor the same way Mary was troubled by favor. Why are we troubled by favor? We're troubled by favor because God says you're favored, but it doesn't line up with our life. We go home and it's like, I feel like this is my job. I feel like I talk to people. I talk to, I talk to young men. I talk to um, a couple of our youth pastors. And I'm like, bro, you got this. Like, you're favored. And they're like, oh, my grandma said, like, my last pastor said, my, my last my last church said, my dad said, like, no, there, there is favor on your life. Yes. And it takes, all it takes is a yes. I hear, pe- I hear preachers and pastors and teachers say, like, let me give you five keys to favor. Let me give you 20 ways to access the favor of God. And I'm like, I'm like, the, the fact they're saying those things doesn't make it favor because what makes favor favor is that you can't earn it, you can't deserve it, you can't do anything for it. All you can do is receive it. God's in a good mood. I'm sorry. Favor. It had nothing to do with Mary. It had everything to do with who she said yes to. Listen, because God wanted his son to come through the line of David, and Mary was not in the line of David, but she said yes to Joseph. Joseph was in the line of David. So when she said yes to Joseph, she became a candidate for the favor of God. Friend, I'm here to let you know, we have a heavenly Joseph. His name is Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, we get the favor of God. It's amazing. I don't know why we don't say yes to him more. Favor had nothing to do with Mary, had everything to do with a bloodline. A bloodline. Listen, I, 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 we hear the verse all the time, but the wrath of God lasts for a moment and the grace and the favor of God lasts a lifetime. I, I wanna let you know like how I used to think about that and it's the wrong way to think about that is that like God had a shot glass of wrath. Does God pour shots? And that's between you and your own theology. A shot glass, why would God have a shot glass? Don't, just don't investigate that train of thought. Okay, God has a shot glass of wrath and a gallon of grace and favor. And he's waiting for you. Yep, they messed up. Wrath, 
here comes the favorite. That's bad theology. Friend, the wrath of God has already been poured out. It was poured out on the middle cross, on Jesus Christ. That's where we should have been hanging. That's where we should have suffocated in our own blood. But Jesus took our place. He pushed us out of the way. He paid my debt. He paid my price. He shed his blood. He died a death. He rose again. And when I say yes to that reality, that blood covers me. God looks at me and doesn't see my faults and my mistakes. He sees the blood of his son, and he goes, here comes my favor, here comes my blessing, and here comes my grace. It's unperpetual, unending, unfair favor. His favor has nothing to do with you. Has everything to do with who we said yes to. First Daniel First Daniel, shut up, Trent, you're an idiot. Daniel chapter one. Dan, don't worry, I'm still in my Bible college degree. Daniel chapter one says this, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief. God did it. God gave it. God gave it. God did it. Exodus says this, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. The Lord gave. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now, if you just read over that and you don't study that, you, you realize out of context, that's like, oh, cool. The Egyptians liked the Israelites. That's not what happened. Because God just got done tearing up Egypt. We've been through one pandemic. That nation went through 10 plagues. One after another. Darkness, boils, cattle are dying. Frogs, locusts, blood to water. Cattle are dying. Economy. We think ours is bad. It was, it was gone. And to get the point across... You had to do the blood on the doorpost thing so that your firstborn wouldn't die. Think about all the firstborns. We think that just firstborn children. What if a dad was a firstborn? What if a grandma was a firstborn? Families were shredded apart. And it's in that state that God's like, hey, go ask them all for their stuff. God's savage. So imagine... Imagine people are holding their dead babies. People are dragging their dead parent because they were the firstborn in the street. And it's in that state that their previous slaves said, hey, can I have your 401k? Can I have your Roth IRA? Can I have your truck? Is that cool? Oh, that necklace you bought your wife for her anniversary? Can I have that? And they were like, I hate you, but yes. Favor. It's unfair, undeserved, unmerited favor. Let's see what the angel says to Mary in the book of Luke. It says this, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Number three, how? How? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Listen. If there is an assignment from God, it's going to have to be accomplished by God. An assignment from God has to be accomplished by God. The Holy Spirit. For every how, there is a Holy Spirit. I remember I was, I was in college, and I was meeting with, with one of the guys who had founded the, the school. His name was Brother Dick Iverson, and I needed a job. If I didn't get a job, 
I was gonna have to leave the school. I couldn't afford it anymore. And he reaches out his hand and he's like, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to get you a job. And I'm like, grow up in church. Okay, here we go. I know what to do. Like just, so I reach out my hand and I'm not even thinking about what he's praying. I'm not even agreeing with him. I'm thinking about lunch. I'm thinking about just life. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, my ankle kind of hurts. But he's praying, he's praying. I walk out of his office, look at my phone. I have three job offers. How? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. For every how, there is a Holy Spirit. How are we going to get through this year? The Holy Spirit. How did we get through last year? The Holy Spirit. How are we going to keep our kids off drugs? The Holy Spirit. How are we going to get more people saved? The Holy Spirit. How are we going to do great things? The Holy Spirit. How is my marriage going to get through this rough patch? The Holy Spirit. How are we going to keep our kids from being addicted to all these crazy screens and this godless culture and blah, blah, blah? The Holy Spirit. How? Anytime you're asking yourself, how are we going to do that? The Holy Spirit. He wants to reveal things to you. He wants to work with you. He wants to show you things. This is why sacred rhythms is so important. If you do not have a rhythm of meeting with the Holy Spirit every day, if you're not meeting with him, how will you hear him? And if you can't hear him, how will he reveal something to you? And how will he speak to you? If he's not speaking to you, how can you obey him? So how can you walk in the Spirit if you're not giving time? God's looking for time. God wants your time. He doesn't want your religious pedigree, your last name, how much you tithe, how much you jump, how much you serve, how much you do, blah, blah, blah. It's all noise. He wants your time. He wants to reveal things to you. The Bible isn't going to tell you who to marry. The Bible isn't going to tell you where to go to school. The Bible isn't going to tell you who to go into business with, who to sign a contract with. Listen, he will, he will show, the Holy Spirit will show you things. It's he, want, it's he wants to do it. He's waiting to do it. He, there's, he'll reveal people to you because we only look on the outward appearance and there'll be people who are like, I'd love to go into business with your brother and I got all this money and I'm a Christian and I tithe and I'm a giver and, I, and God bless your brother, let's connect, bless and highly favored, I'm doing so good, six feet above ground, like all this like Christian cliche stuff. And, and, but God knows that in three years, they're not gonna have the money to pay you back and you're gonna end up getting burned and the Holy Spirit will reveal a Judas to you. He'll reveal a Lucifer to you. He'll, he'll reveal a Jezebel to you. Yes, <laughs> Ladies, when you feel something funky between your man and another woman, go there. Nag. She ain't working in the office anymore. She can move. She's not your receptionist anymore. She can go. Saving someone's marriage right now. All the men are like, Lord Jesus. The women are like, yes. The men are like, why you got to do me like that, dog? Why you got to? Men or, or women, women, you got to understand, us men, we're dumb. Okay? So just tell us. If you sense something funky, let's, let's go, you know? Like, when, when parents, and I know there's a lot of young people in here. I'm a youth pastor. And what I'm about to say is you're not, you're not going to like it, but it's going to save your life. I'm going to say it. Parents, when you sense something funky between your child and their phone, take it. Take it. And they're going to kick, and they're going to scream, and they're going to shout, and they're going to call you a bad parent, but no one who's never parented before gets to call you a bad parent. And you ask for the passcode. Oh, by the way, it's your phone anyways. Yeah. 
It's on loan, sucker. Let me tell you what the conversation, if the phone thing was around when I, when I was young, gosh. So my dad would be like, what's the passcode? And just to let you know, if, he, if I didn't give him that passcode, that phone would last about three, it'd be dead. It'd be, I wouldn't have a phone anymore. They don't get their phone back until they give you access. Can you imagine if my dad was at the door and if you knew my dad, if my dad was at the door and, and, he, and I was in the room, he gave me the roof he gave me, wearing the clothes he gave me, on a full stomach with the food he fed me. And I was like, no, you can't come in here. Yeah, that door, I feel bad for that door. <laughs> and then I'm gonna, whatever the door got, I'm gonna get about a hundred times worse. That's good parenting. Click into every text conversation. Ask them, how many Instagram accounts do you have? How many other phones and devices that I don't know about? What, who are you talking to? Click into, there's, there's apps now that on the surface, they look like a calculator, but on the back end, it's hiding pictures. Like you just, you gotta click into these things and you gotta investigate. It makes you a good parent. The Holy Spirit will be there for you. He'll reveal things. You'll just feel like, oh, that's funky. Why is she giggling at her phone? What's his name? good parenting. Does he love Jesus? Anyways, Zechariah chapter four is this prophet and he has to, there's a mountain standing in front of you. Some of you, you have a mountain in front of you. And he's talking to God, how am I going to, how am I going to get through this? And, and, and God tells Zechariah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of this mountain. And anywhere you see the, the, he says, I want you to stare at the mountain and I want you to shout grace, grace. Because anywhere you see the spirit and the power of God, you're going to find the grace of God. And if that's the truth, what the opposite is also true. Anytime you find the flesh, you're going to find legalism and religion. So he says, look at that mountain. Don't do it in your own flesh. Don't try and force it. I want you to stare at that mountain and lift your hands and go, grace, grace. And we know the story because we know God. It, it flattened out. Listen, some of, you, some of you parents, you know your kids are going through this hormone thing, this puberty thing. It just is what it is. And you, you know when it gets bad. You know it's like, man, I hope the pastor don't come over today to bless us with something because our kids are, are bouncing off the walls right now. Like we don't know what to do. You've all had those days. Am I the only one? No. Okay. So what you have to do, listen, here's, here's how you, here's, because listen, the biggest question they're asking is, am I cool? That's the number one question for a 15-year-old. Am I cool? Do people like me? And when you have hormones and puberty, you're just not cool. So it puts them in a pretty dark place. It puts them in a pretty frustrating place. And they're not emotionally mature enough to handle that. So it's just the part of the, that's why teenagers are, are teenagers are teenagers. And what you have to do is you have to wait for them to go to bed. This is what you do. I'm old school, just so you know. Wait for them to go to bed, close the door, and you put your hand on the door of their bedroom, hold them in your heart and go, grace. Grace. I'm going to need the Spirit of God to flatten this mountain. How are we going to keep our kids alive in this godless culture? It's going to be the favor of God with the Holy Spirit. It's, how is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Where? Nazareth. Nazareth. I love, I love Nazareth. And the, the prophet Micah, everyone in, in Nazareth would not have expected to carry or, or Jesus would have started his journey in Nazareth because it was, it was no one vacation there. I told for service, it's like Cuna. It's not like, 
No offense. There, there's actually a guy in my church in Portland who goes to CUNA, and I just always rip CUNA, and he gets hurt. So it must be like a CUNA thing. So God bless you. If it's your paradise, good on you. So it's just not, it's not the center of all of the attraction. It's not, it's, it's a fishing town. It's, 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 it's a redneck town. It's a small town. It's, there's not a lot going on. Bethlehem, I could see Jesus born in Bethlehem. I could see Jesus born in Jerusalem. But it coming from Nazareth, Nazareth? You know a city's bad when there's a question mark after that. Nazareth? What about this? Nampa? Mercy Medical, hello. Nampa? Can anything good come out of Nampa? What about this? Celebration Church? Can anything good come out of Celebration Church? What about this? What about your home? And all the, uh, my man, and all the, all the dysfunction, all the, all the pain, all the stories, all the, all the drama. Can God do something out of your home? What about this? You. Can God do something great out of your life? I would like to propose yes. I believe God can do great. I think, I think miracles can come out of Nampa. I think miracles can come out of Celebration Church. I think miracles can come out of your home. Can I get an amen? I believe miracles can come out of you. It takes a yes. Favor had nothing to do with, with, with Mary, where she was from, Nazareth. You know what Nazareth means? Nazareth means sprout. A little green just shoot. Have you ever seen those little green shoots popping out of the concrete? You ever seen those? You guys walk on concrete? Like, I see them. And I just think, how did that, that little green shoot push through all that? The darkness didn't stop it. The pressure didn't stop it. The weight didn't stop it. The uncertainty didn't stop it. The pain didn't stop it. Not knowing where it was didn't stop it. The darkness didn't stop it. Come on, you are in a Nazareth and we get so troubled with favor. We get troubled with our Nazareth, but it's what God's trying to do in us. That's important. He'll get you to Bethlehem. He just wants to see how do you handle his word in Nazareth. Prophecy began Nazareth. Prophecy fulfilled Bethlehem. Let me give you a little window into the prophetic. And prophetic just means saying what God would say. And, and so if you, when you're getting a prophetic word, it feels amazing. You're like, oh, I feel good. I feel full of faith. And then you go home and you get in your car and your car doesn't start. And you're like, I'm in Nazareth. <laughs> because when you're getting the word, it feels like the manifestation of that word. But then you get back to real life and God is waiting to see, will you put my word to work? Because when you put my word to work, you'll be in Bethlehem. It's he, he does it. It's on him, Nazareth. Can God do something in my Nazareth with my life, 
my uneducated, unqualified life. Number five, why? Jesus. Jesus. We could have the worship team come up. Jesus. Why? Everything we do is, is why. Amen. Why? There's a lot of people this year that lost their why. You know, I was saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of your home? Let me ask you the question. Can anything good come out of 2020? I would like to propose yes. I stand before you today knowing for a fact it's a yes. Listen, I know we all went through some pain in 2020. I believe that what you went through, and I know that it was painful, but what you have left is powerful. And you may go, I don't got a lot. There's not a lot left after 2020. Relationships and we're fighting over masks. It's just stupid. It's a dumb year. I don't got a lot of virtue left. I don't have a lot of faith left. I don't have a lot of, like, God, are you, are you still going to use me? I don't have a lot of that left. And, and I'm here to propose to you, it doesn't take a lot. It takes a yes. You're like, well, I don't have a lot. Okay, let's talk to the widow who was about to die and make her last meal for her and her son. She didn't have a lot, just enough to make a meal. Gave it to the prophet. The prophet multiplied it. It compounded and she was taken care of. Let's talk about the young man who just had some fish and some loaves of bread and saw 20,000 hungry people. Said 5,000 men, but they didn't count like women and children, all that kind of stuff. It's their problem. Not today. Just it's the Bible. Don't get mad at me. And so it's just like, I'm from Portland. I have to say stuff like that. So I'm like, like this little boy's like, hey, like, uh, uh, maybe this will work. And he put what was little in the hand of the master. He took what he had left. I'm here to tell you, take what you have left from 2020 and put it in the hand of the master and watch him multiply and watch him give it and watch him bless it. It's don't have to have a lot. You have to have a yes. Why? Jesus. Jesus. Why? Why, why are we existing, Jesus? Why are we still married? Jesus why do our kids still come to church Jesus why why did pastors Roger and Kim start this church Jesus why why did we buy a building Jesus why why are you here Jesus the answer is always Jesus that's our why and you can't lose your why. Listen, the what doesn't have to be spiritual if your why is eternal. I don't care if you're a business owner, if you're a stay-at-home mom. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're a teacher. I don't care if you, if you have your own thing. I don't care if you run an online thing. I, I don't care. And you're like, it's just not that. I'm not a pastor. It's not that spiritual. It becomes spiritual when the why behind it is Jesus told me to. Now it's super spiritual. What's your why? 
don't lose your why. This church cannot lose its why. Love God and love people. That's our why. It's powerful. If you want to go ahead and stand to your feet. Um, was this okay? It's all right. every eye closed and every head bowed just, just for privacy, just for a moment I'm going to ask if there's, if there's anybody here who who isn't a Jesus follower you don't follow Jesus he's not, he's not your why and maybe you're you know, just kind of in a season it's like well I'm just kind of in a funky season I totally get that, I've been there but you know that today is a day where you need to re-engage with a yes. Today is a day you need to re-engage with a why and bringing Jesus back to the center. Forget about all the what's. What did they say? What is happening here? What? Forget all that. Just bring it back to the why. The why of life is Jesus. If you're here, just every eye closed and every head bowed, just if you're here and you would say, I know that's me. I know I need to re-engage with, with, uh, with a why. I know I need to re-engage with Jesus. I need to say yes to him. Just every eye closed, every head bowed, just for some privacy. If that's you, I want you to shoot your hand in the air on three. We're gonna pray, then we're gonna go to the next thing, but just go ahead and shoot your hand in the air on three. One, two, three. Just shoot it in the air. Thank you. Dear Jesus, I give you my life, I give you my heart. I turn from my ways and I turn to your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I pray? Can I pray for your church? And then we're going to jump into this worship song. I'm going to pray, but I believe God's about to move and just realign and just do some work in these next few minutes. Is that okay? Do we invite that? Is that okay? Can we bring the Holy Spirit into this space? Is that okay? Come on, let's lift our hands in this moment. Father, I thank you for Celebration Church. Lord, I believe that here and now, God, your Holy Spirit is going to come. Lord, you're going to pour out your power, your favor, your goodness, your freedom. Holy Spirit, fill this place. I pray there would be an atmosphere here that would set people free from years of bondage. Years of brokenness. God, in this moment, let a mantle rest. God, you're here. God, your presence is here. Come on. There you go. Come on, just receive it. Receive it. He's here. Before I go, I just I took some time just to just kind of sense what God was saying about this church. I just want to kind of go through, just kind of read it off, and, and then I want to pray for just a couple people that are just on my heart. Um, 
So this is, this is what, I, what I heard from God. I saw the Holy Spirit magnifying the gift of grace and favor in the community of Celebration Church. I saw family members forgiving each other. I saw the level of offense people carry towards churches dropping. I saw favor opening doors with city leaders. I see strategic relationships with NNU, Treasure Valley Community College, and College of Idaho. I saw the men of the house gathering and praying weekly early in the morning during the week. I saw men sitting next to their sons and their sons seeing their dads pray. I see dads who also have daddy issues reconciling in that space. I hear the noise of wrong theology and teaching and abusive leadership rising. But at this church, people will say, it doesn't matter what goes on out there because the men of the house pray in here. I just sense it's going to be a security. I saw that our biggest, and men, let me teach this for a moment. You're going to feel like, you're going to feel stupid. You're going to feel dumb saying that you got issues and all that kind of stuff, but just create a space. So I create a space for God to move because we're jacked up and we got issues, but we have authority and we need to start using it. Okay, I can't preach it. Okay, number three, I saw that our biggest strength was also our biggest weakness. This church is good. Good worship, good speaking, good children's ministry, good students ministry, good series, good calendar. God's plan for this church is not for it to be good. God is saying, I'm calling this church to a higher place. God is looking for a spirit-filled community that cares more about the gospel than politics. And when that happens, when that happens, businesses and schools will lean in and doors will open for serving and serving will lead to evangelism opportunities. I I saw what the building could be. I saw what the building could be. This building, it's nice. How long have you guys been in this building? Seven months. How many of you have service? How many services have you had in this building? Have you been going all seven months? Say, thank you. You do math. I don't. Thank you. Yeah. You see, that was my, that's my life right there. Six, four, five, I don't know. Boom. Tears. Um, I saw what the building could be. It, it will either be A, because buildings complicate things. Buildings either, this building will either be A, a huge distraction or a discipleship factory. God is looking for a spirit filled, oh sorry. I hope the carpet gets stained and by coffee as people get caught up in the presence of God when they hear the worship team lead in a new authority. Keep this a discipleship factory and you won't get distracted. I see people moving from Nampa to Caldwell by the thousands. Yes, some of them will join your church, but it is the church member's job to welcome them, feed them, serve them, not Pastor Rogers and Kim's. They need the atmosphere that you create. Don't build a service that attracts people. Build a service that attracts the Holy Spirit. I see this place being free from the cancer of comparison. I saw this church starting a journey of spiritual chemotherapy to eradicate the cells that carry the cancer of pride, comparison, ego, and control. You can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. Comparing will be stopped. Who gives what? Who serves where? Who does what? You guys aren't going to care. It's about the lost. I don't care who's preaching. It's about the people who aren't here. I don't care who's learning. It's about the people who aren't here. That's what we'll care about. God says, I love Nampa. God says, I love Celebration Church. 
God says, I love you. And everything that I just said, it's not on Pastor Roger and Kim. It's on us as a family. Amen. Can I pray for you? And then I promise I'm done. I'm not going to come back up here. Okay, I'm done. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. Not for a minute has anybody been forsaken. God is in this place. And where God is, the Spirit of the Lord is. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, Father, today we lean into and we say yes. Yes, and we create time, and we're thankful for the favor, but we use that favor to bless other people because our why is Jesus, and our love is for the broken and the lost. Come on, let's sing this one more time. Come on, let's seal this moment. God, you're here. You're here. jackets my bad yes you with the with the flannel um just preaching you just you were highlighted to me and um what I felt like and if it's wrong I'm wrong I don't care but I felt like I'm supposed to tell you this okay that the last season the words were the enemy had his way with him but God's about to have his way with him and so I'm just standing here today if that means nothing it means nothing but I'm saying today don't give up there's a favor coming to you. There's a grace coming to you. I just see that things were lost that were unexpected. It's just like a, it's like that right hook you don't see and it just, you weren't planning for it. But I just feel like God caught you and he's standing you up again and you're in the corner and you're still in the fight. Bell hasn't rang yet. And he's the coach pressing the ice in on your brow. And he's like, aim for the body rock. Like he's like, he's like, he's gonna give you He's gonna give you things to say and people to talk to. The Holy Spirit's gonna reveal things to you. If you, if you find time and build it in your, in your time, personal time, to say yes and just say, God, what are you saying? Just pull up a chair in front of you. When I struggled to pray, I'd pull up a chair in front of me and pretend God was sitting in it and go like, what's wrong with me? Literally, I would say like, talk to me, because I don't, and God's conversational. And he'll speak, and when you learn that muscle, because I see you're gifted, you're smart, you're tough as nails, but when the Holy Spirit is fused in all that, it's over. Is that okay? Do you receive that? Can I pray for you? Is that okay if I pray for you? Okay, what's your name? Cody. Okay, Father, I thank you for Cody. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would remind him of who he is in your eyes. Lord, it's not his reputation, his resume, or what's been done to him, or what's happened around him. It's about what God says. And sir, you've been in Nazareth, but your Bethlehem is on the horizon. You're still in church. You're still standing. You're still got your hands wiped in your hand. You're still victorious. God loves you. He's pouring about something on you, and into a creative idea, something. And I just believe you're going to look back at this past season and go, at first I hated it, but now I'm saying thank you because it made me. Cody, I speak blessing, I speak favor, and I speak authority. And it takes practice when you fail, a righteous man gets back up. So just keep going, keep fighting, aim for the body, just keep
keep going. Don't quit. Amen? Amen. Okay, not for a minute. I'm sorry. Now I'm done. 